Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, a podcast asking the question, what does it mean to be fully alive and how can we best embody and maintain that aliveness while dealing with the really strange and unique stressors of our time? And strange and unique, they certainly are, my friends. We're on the strangest timeline that we possibly could have been on. These past few years have been fairly difficult for a lot of people, and it seems to only be getting more tenuous as the world stage starts to heat up, both metaphorically and literally, with climate change and the stuff going on in the Ukraine. Uh, My heart goes out to everybody who is suffering right now as a result of the actions of greedy, power-hungry people. It is what drives most of history, sadly, and the rest of us here are left to manage, and there's something very mm, profound about that and the courage that comes from such difficult times. So to really get in step with this happening in the world, today's episode is actually very pertinent in that we're going to be diving into the Lojong slogans of Tibetan Buddhism. Now, for those of you who are not plugged into the specific worldview, the Lojong slogans are a way, they're these pithy instructions that we can remember and use to better meet the experiences of our lives in a way that is more compassionate, more heart-filled, and more skillful. So we will be diving into a few of these with Hector Marcel, who is a 25-year Buddhist practitioner who is the current president of the Three Jewels New York-based Global Enlightenment Studio. And that whole thing, it started off as a bookstore, but is now um, an entire studio which is specializing in meditation, yoga, public talks, and uh, community outreach. Hector is a social entrepreneur, public speaker, and seasoned organizational change management professional specializing in performance, culture, and service. So again, these Lojong slogans are something I'm actually personally working with on uh, in my practice. This has been something that's kind of organically came up for me. So it's really powerful for me to have Hector on. And this is a really chonky episode, if you, you know what I mean. There's a lot on offer here. We get into a lot of ins and outs of Buddhist thought that typically are often misinterpreted, and I think Hector does a really wonderful job based on my training in really helping unfold some of these really complex topics. We talk a lot about emptiness. The first Lojong slogan has to do with the dreamlike quality of our lives and how, what what does that even mean? Like, what does it mean when the Buddhists say that life is dreamlike? So we really dive into this because it's very important for understanding the rest of the Lojong system and Buddhism in a nutshell. We talk a lot about the nature of karma and how to generate good karma, what is bad karma, and uh, really the the complexities of that teaching because it is much more deep than simply you do good, you get good, you do bad, you get bad. We talk a lot about overall just developing the awakened heart mind and what does it mean to cultivate bodhicitta and what does it mean to take radical responsibility for our emotions and our experience. 
So this is a seriously powerful episode, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Hector is one heck of a guest, and I really hope that you hang out with us for the hour because you will definitely, undoubtedly take something powerful away from this conversation. And if you are at all stressed about the current happenstance of life, which I think a lot of people probably are, there's a lot of uncertainty, this could really be something that you can immediately apply to your life and it could bring you more ease and understanding and maybe a little bit more interest in the Buddhist system. It's uh, definitely the one I associate with the most. Um, There's a lot of beautiful systems out there, but this is one that really I have found to have a lot of meat on its bones. Uh, So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today, y'all. If you want to support the show, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, subscribe over on YouTube, like, follow, Instagram, Facebook. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash 21st Century Vitalism. Right now, the reward is just the knowing that you are supporting the show in its infancy. I know we've been doing this for a little bit now, but as we build listenership and the show gets to more and more ears and hearts, the more I'm going to be able to invest into that program and the more I can actually make this one of my main things in life right now. This is kind of a passion project that I'm putting my blood and sweat and tears into and I am really loving doing it and we have a lot of amazing guests already on the bill coming up in the next few months. So yeah, get ready because uh, the show is really just kind of beginning and you'll tell by the quality of this conversation that there's a lot of room that we're growing into and yeah, Hector was uh, a really incredible guest and I'm very fortunate that our paths have crossed in the way that they did. So if you want to keep in touch with Hector's platform, head on over to threejewels.org or follow him at the Wake Upist. And with that, please sit back, drink some tea, do some stretches, and get ready for Hector Marcel. The train is now leaving the station. Hector, hello. Welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Nice to actually meet you. Yeah, I heard a couple yeah. of your podcasts and they're awesome. So thank Wonderful. you for doing the thank good you so- conversation. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I've been familiarizing myself with your work the past couple weeks and kind of diving into some of your YouTube stuff. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be a good addition to this uh, this tapestry we have. So I'm excited for this conversation as it's about to unfold. As my guests know, um, I am a Buddhist practitioner, uh, but we don't really talk about it too much on the show for some reason. I'm usually exploring all these other things, so it's really cool for me to have uh, a fellow person kind of on the path to be able to walk through one of my favorite topics that I've found and something that I think is really pertinent to where we are right now as a world you know, and I, I really want to start off by inviting the fact that we are living in a very uncertain time. And what we're about to talk about today, I think, is going to be something really powerful for people to meet that uncertainty with a degree of precision and gentleness. So, you know, what we're going to be talking about is the Lojong slogans of Tibetan Buddhism. And I'm just kind of curious to start off uh, about your experience with these and maybe just describing, like, what the heck are they? And, you know, 
what what is your relationship been and how has this kind of affected your life sure sure Be- before we go there which i will can we um maneuver through practicing buddhism as a thing because i have an opinion you know about yeah that. oh i love it <laughs> yes please please um so I am a reluctant Buddhist and I have been for 25 years, which sort of makes you a Buddhist and I hate that. I'm like, stop it. (laughs) Like I I came out of uh, Argentina. I was born in Argentina and, you know, grew up in the Spanish culture and very Catholic family and the rest. And and there was something not working in that, in the country that I was in and the community I was in. So I said no to anything that smelled, looked like, or appeared religious, anything at all yeah i'm out in my 20s and someone had introduced me to Anne rand the philosopher (laughs) and i'm like this woman is incredible her logic so i collected all her books and i began studying and i'm not a studier but i was obsessed with the reasoning but that she was so clear and i was i bought in you know so i'm backpacking around the world with Anne rand in my backpack and then like everyone in their twenties, I meet like the most uh, the most hardship I had ever experienced as a person, and everyone comes to those walls, yeah, and it it unravels part of you. And I was in New York, broke and broken, and um, I bump into the place that I now run, Three Jewels. It was opening night. It was a Tibetan Buddhist bookstore, and I walk in there. <laughs> I had had these crazy dreams about, anyway, things that later were very Buddhist and I didn't understand. And so it was this kind of unraveling that I walked into a Tibetan Buddhist bookstore on opening day with Anne Rand in my backpack, desperate for answers that I couldn't figure out and she wasn't helping. And so as a reluctant Buddhist, I met a monk and he's like, oh, let's meditate. And he teach me to meditate. And it was like a millisecond where I realized this mind of mind of mine is not mine. I have no control of what it does at all. Not a second, not a second, you know, like I was shocked. I'm like, it's my mind. I own it. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. We've sat for even a moment. It's like, oh, this is. This is a madhouse. Like, I don't like know this. anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like this. And because I'm stubborn by nature, you know, I'm like, no, let me try again. Let me try again. You know, like to, to focus and to, I couldn't do it. And I, I wasn't one that couldn't do things, you know, I have pride and <laughs> all this. <laughs> I'm special. And <laughs> it's amazing. Like the most fundamental thing of just like, Using your mind to do a very simple, like, we're just going to be here. And it's yeah, yeah. just like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm already pissed that I'm with a monk, you know, like <laughs> in a bookstore that's Buddhist. Because my yeah. mind is saying this is all super religious and I'm not in for this. But it's undeniable that uh, he had something to teach me, yeah, and that I had something to learn, huh? And uh, that's humbling. Luckily, I was, uh, I kept coming back to learn more. And it was that place where I bumped into the Lojong teachings and not just the Lojong teachings. I, I walked into, it was in the 90s. So I walked into Three Jewels opening time 
the lead monk was translating for the very first time ever the entire curriculum that a Tibetan Buddhist monk goes through, like a Gelugpa doctorate of philosophy, it takes 20 years in the monastery of memorizing texts on logic, sutras, compassion, meditation, karma, emptiness, like you memorize them, debate them, study them, analyze reality and yourself. 20 years of curriculum that the Dalai Lama, the same books, has to study, was, were being translated for the very first time, the entire thing, into English at Three Jewels. Yeah? Wow. But it was slow. Wow. Yeah, and I walk into this with Anne Rand in my backpack, you know. And <laughs> kind of a different flavor. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> but but the interesting thing is that there is this Buddhism I didn't know. It took me a while to understand isn't what it appears to be very reverent, religious, and you have to do a certain thing to be Buddhist. That's dogma. And it appears in every human system, every wisdom system, you will get I will get dogmed into doing something a particular way until I hold on to it and please make it work like I was doing it with Ayn Rand. And so there are Buddhists and there, there are Buddhists. <laughs> Just like there are wisdom beings in all other traditions and then there are all the people that go to church and then have terrible lives during the week. But at church they're very nice. And Buddhists are no different to those people. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I'm a reluctant Buddhist because the frame, the archetype of Buddhism that keeps popping into my mind is like the stupid Instagram Buddhist where I'm like, I'm such a good person. And I'm on TikTok, Instagram and the rest going, look at me, I'm doing Buddhism. Right. But there's always that disgusting flavor of dogma that makes it hardened. And the reason it's disgusting, sorry to use strong language, is that it cuts us off from the real power of the practice that can transform this mind of ours, which is the yeah. point of this yeah. practice. And in particular, the Lojong practices. I mean, the Lojong practices, I, I got to teach this 10 week course on it. I studied it like three times. We cover like five different Lojongs. It was a secret practice up until the, the year 1000, 1100, meaning wow. Teachers never shared them publicly with students. It was always a one-on-one -on -one advice because they're slogans, they're pithy advices. Like if you, if you look at a wisdom text, like a Prajnaparamita, you've got 100,000 pages. If you look at the Vinaya, something like 900 pages, like the, the teachings on ethics and morality and vows and all that stuff. If you look at, uh, no, that's 16,000 pages, the Vinaya, yeah? Yeah. It, like it's 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 crazy. It's kind of got its own gates, kind of built into it. Whereas with the lojong, it's such a short, pithy thing. You almost have to like entrust it into the transmission because you don't have the gate of a thousand pages. It, exactly. Like it's yeah. it's a one yeah. pager with yeah. three stanzas, and each word has multiple meanings because of the way they even the word lojong. Example. Okay. Most people translate it as mind training, You're training the mind. And that's a correct translation, but it's not really talking to the true flavor of this collection of texts. So it's a genre of Buddhist texts, a genre of Buddhist practices, just like the Vinaya is a genre 
of Buddhist practices on ethics, morality, behavior, and the rest. That is vowed morality. Yeah, just like the Prajnaparamita is a collection of texts spoken by the Buddha or commentaries on them about the wisdom that understands the nature of reality. Right, like that—that's like hundred thousand pages or a lamrim. That's the stages on the path. They're all groups of textual collections that came out of what Buddha taught and then were unraveled by practitioners and then they were grouped in flavors. And Lojong, like I said before, was this secret thing that nobody got until the year 1000. It began to be made public. Yet, yeah, but you could have find the references to them, but they were locked into the secret collection. All of a sudden, around the year 1000, they begin to come out. And so, sorry to weave, but even the word lojong I was saying has multiple meanings. Lo, yeah, means mind, yeah? But also, it's like a synonym for sem, which is, uh, sorry, uh, it's a synonym for heart as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, heart training sounds different to mind training, especially to the Western ear. Yeah. Yeah. And then to to jong something has two meanings. It means to to train for sure, train the heart or train the mind to to train it, to jong it in in the sense of practicing something over and over until it becomes second nature. Contrived until it becomes uncontrived. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's to jong something. But it's also there's Jeng, what is it? Jeng Chub. Jeng Chub is another word for Buddha to make pure. To, mm. So it's to make pure something. So the, it's, see, it's got these this pithy words. These pithy sentences have words that have these multiple meanings. And if you're a Tibetan, you're like, oh, I'm making pure. I'm Buddhaizing my mind, which is my heart. So that my heart is being developed. So the way I like and have been translating Lojong, based on textual references from other Lojongs, is developing the good heart. Mm. And in a a Western sense, that means much more difference than developing IQ or something, which sounds weird, mind training. You know, I'm going to train my mind and now I'm more intelligent. It's not that kind of intelligence. Right the, right. the Lojong texts were secret, not because there's something special and you shouldn't know them. It's because they're so bloody hard to transform the heart with which you engage with the world that it can only really be taught to people that have the stomach to work through that, the stamina and the wisdom, the understanding of exactly how to apply. Because if you just read the sentences and you didn't know what they were saying, you could make big mistakes with your mind and harden it instead of open it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I don't know if that makes some sense. (laughs) It does. Yeah. There's a lot of correlations I'm coming up with. I I like the the breakdown of Lojong to also include 
like the heart mind, which, I mean, a lot of Lojong talks about cultivating bodhicitta, which the way that I've had chitta uh, broken down isn't, it's heart mind, yeah. you know? So the, the reference of it being a cultivating of an intelligence, to me, my immediate kind of feeling sense was like, it's the intelligence of becoming open and connected to non-referential or like losing the reference point of yourself. Mm. Whereas if you like misinterpret it, then you, you, I can see it becoming this like super inwardly like me doing this thing. So what I'm kind of curious about, I didn't realize that this was like a secret thing. I didn't realize that it's kind of newer. Do you think that there is um, potential for mistransmission do you think that there's maybe like a negative aspect to it becoming widespread and also i mean that's kind of for all of buddhist teachings the fact that it you anybody can pick up a book and read something and be like i get it you know <laughs> right yeah. wikipedia you can learn everything and not know anything exactly exactly <laughs> you know, so... exactly yeah of course and and i think that's why it's vital to get a transmission a commentary from people, beings, like practitioners of the past, who A, have all the other understandings that are assumed in Lojong texts, meaning, do I understand what wisdom really means? How do I apply wisdom? What is the nature of mind? You know, how is development happen? What causes things to occur in the mind? And then, with that foundation, you could have bodhicitta. The, yeah, you, you could have. Now, as an aside, Lojong is used as a synonym for bodhicitta because it's used to only it's only used to develop bodhicitta. Yeah, and even bodhicitta is misunderstood, not just to the point that you said where we get very personal and close, and it's just my little practice, and I'm having my little dogma moment, <laughs> which can be like fuel for negative states of mind of isolation, fuel for negative states of mind of uh, I understand you don't, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a dangerous, sharp knife. That's why the secrecy. Yeah, without proper instruction, you could read this line. I, I, the one you gave me says, regard all dharmas as dreams, right? The, the translation I understood it to be was learn to see all things as a dream, yeah? Which, which says, okay, not just regard, like learn, make an effort to learn it because it's not, just a choice of regarding, you have to develop that learning, yeah? And if you said that to a layperson, or you'd push it, put it on TikTok, right? Because you're a clever Buddhist, and look at me, yeah? Or whatever reason you would do that. Or you were taught wrong, you know, like, you were taught not intentionally wrong, just not enough information. Then you could be in a terrible situation, a bad relationship, a terrible situation at work or at home, and you're having very negative states of being, and you're like, this is just a dream, this is just a dream, this is just a dream, and you're not really engaging with reality, which is not the point of Buddhism. Yeah. The exact opposite. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> the polar opposite, yeah. Right, and so, yeah. but if I had heard that before getting trained, Learn to see all things as a dream. And I had some kind of fervor, faith in these things that can help me because people are desperate to have help. Yeah. There is a need to unravel the suffering that we all have. There's, a, there's an absolute need. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. So if you didn't know that, you could waste 10 years of your life trying to pretend 
things don't exist. And that's dumb. Like it's, yeah. but I, I had to learn that too, you know, you know, and then learning isn't knowing. Learning is like, now I have something to jong, to practice, to yeah. make pure this mind of mine, right? I, I've got a jong it. And how do you do that? That's the hard part. You're in a situation at work, someone's being shitty at you. And if you want to jong your mind, you're like, okay, here's this shitty situation again. What was it that it's a dream? What the hell did that mean? A dream, a dream. Yeah. Mean, and, and here is, uh, uh, this is to me the fundamental core of the wisdom inside the Lojongs, right? The dream here in that one line, learn to see everything as a dream. All dharmas, right? Dharmas means all existing things. It doesn't mean dharma as in what the Buddha taught. That, that's another mm. misinterpretation. You know, it's like, yeah. don't think there's, there's like anything. 10 different dharma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dharma, because it comes yeah. from the root Sanskrit to dur, which means to hold up, which is a foundation. And so everything is held up. Everything exists, yeah, as a foundation. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the dur, dur, the dharma. See, everything as a dream. So I'm sitting there. I'm having a shitty day at work. I'm a good Buddhist. I learned to see everything as a dream. I don't care about this. This is just a dream. I'm not going to be like, I, I have wrong behavior towards a thing that is actually happening and I'm bypassing. I'm not engaging, right? What it really means, and this is hard to hear. It's difficult. It's slippery to understand. What is a dream? Right? The whole idea of uh, the world is an illusion. Right? What is that illusion, dream that these Buddhists keep talking about? What does that mean? And if you get this, you will have the key to not just Lojong texts, but to every other thing taught by a Buddha. Yeah? Yeah. And this is, the dream is the appearance that whatever the boss said, Hector, you're stupid, was the principal cause, was the, the actual substance that caused my anger or depression or fear or whatever my response to that thing was. We believe that if someone comes up to you and says, Brett, you're stupid, I'm now the cause of all your troubles. Mm. And the fact is, when you, and this is why Buddhism is brilliant, right? Because it analyzes, let's find the real cause for Brett's upsetness. Where is it? Is it in the words, Brett, you are stupid? Yeah? Sorry. <laughs> I just realized what I did. I, I was going to say, man, you're really leaning into this example. <laughs> I should have switched the example to me. Sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. I love so, it. Gets me like, oh. <laughs> but if you hear it, you see, just, Let's say you don't speak English. Brad, you are stupid. Just those audible sounds. Does that contain in it upsetness for Brett? And when you analyze it, you're like, no, because any if the if the upsetness was in the audible sounds, the decibels, then anyone within earshot of those decibels must instantly be upset. Yeah. And maybe well, my someone should be. Huh? <laughs> My friends should be. I mean, the people, but, but, oh, see, he's being really mean. <laughs> right. But let's say you don't have, not everyone's your friend. Someone is sitting there going, finally, someone told Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so, same, yeah, yeah. The same sounds produces two, three, 
four realities. One upsetness, one giggling, one shyness, one fear, da-da-da. Impossible. That's not how cause and effect work. Mm. And so the dream is it appears that Hector saying, Hector, Hector, you're stupid. Brett, you're stupid, (laughs) is the cause of your upsetness. And when you investigate, you and you try to look, if you hear this, you have an amazing mind, whoever you are listening. If you investigate the, the decibels, Brad, you are stupid. And you look for the principal cause, the seed, the cause of upsetness in there. It must be radiating to everyone equally, right? And you cannot find it in those sounds. You come up empty. That's what emptiness means. <laughs> it's like I look for the real cause of an effect, in this case, upsetness, and I couldn't find it where I thought it was. That's the illusion. It is true that you got upset because I said, Brett, you're stupid. But that's not the cause of the upsetness. It's mm-hmm. like a secondary factor, we say, in, like a contributing factor, we say in Buddhism. It's like the rain on a seed that makes it sprout or the soil that makes the seed sprout or the sun that make sun doesn't make a tomato tree plant the seed does Mm. you do need the sun you do need someone to say brett you're stupid for upsetness to have an opportunity to arise and it appears that I caused that in you. That's an illusion. It's not true. As difficult as it is to accept. I might be the sunshine or the earth or the water to that seed. But get this. If you get this, this is another like. If you don't have the seed in your mind, in your mind, to be upset from those decibels, you won't be upset. Like your Mm. friend giggled. Like your enemy laughed. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) I was neutral. Those seeds didn't pop from the same rain as the decibels. So mm-hmm. it's impossible for the decibels to radiate upsetness because if, if it was true, simple proof, everyone must be equally upset as Brett because it was in yeah. the decibels. It's like radiation. And mm-hmm. that's what this line means. Begin to see every experience that you have as not true in the sense that it's coming at you. That's an illusion. That's a dream. You want a Buddha, you want to wake up to Buddha means to awake. The Buddha was called the Buddha because the dude's like, oh my God, (laughs) it was me all along. Oh my God, am I the drama? Am I the one causing all my upsetness? Am I, (laughs) you know, like that's the aha moment. I mean, I'm He's not on TikTok, but if he was, that's what he'd be saying, you know. <laughs> and so that first line, you got to jong, learn, lo jong, develop the heart, train the heart, make pure the mind. Because in, in Buddhism, the mind is here. It's not up here. That's the brain. That's just an organ that sends signals. But there is something energetic in your what we call our heart. And they think that's where consciousness sits. In, in this area. So there's another layer. So that's just that one line. Learn, lo jong, jong, to see, like notice, 
the experiences that are happening to you as not coming from the outside in, but from the inside out. As soon as you learn that, then the next line is, well, examine the nature of the mind unborn. Or some, what did you say? Uh, the one that I had posed that was to self-liberate even the antidote. But before we get to that, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there's some people who are hearing um, this idea about there being like the seed is within you and are like, man, I got a lot of seeds that are real fertile. They're really ready to take root. What is the nature of that seed? Is that also able to be considered a dream as well? Or is there something more substantial about that seed uh. that requires a different, <laughs> you know, like how do we handle the seeds? <laughs> yo, yo. Such a Buddhist already. Good. <laughs> good, good. Um, the, Is that going to take us way off course of the no, Lojong? No, no, no. It's actually like going to dive deep into the, the essence of Lojong. Be because that's, what, I mean, examine the nature of the mind unborn is the next line I have for that thing. The antidote itself is gone to is, which was something that you said, uh, self-liberate even the antidote, right? So there's a different translation. Mm -hmm. The antidote, like what you should do in that moment, also is a dream. The seed that you're experiencing also is a dream. Now, that's the real answer. Because you cannot find a substantial nature in absolutely any dharma, any reality. And, and in, in Three Jewels, we use an example of the pen. And let me just do this because it will cement. If you get this, this is the key. You can read any Lojong and you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So... Like you getting angry at me saying, Brett, you're stupid. This is another example of finding the true nature or the dream nature of this thing. Yeah. So you can find the dream nature and in seeing the dream nature, you'll get to its true nature. Yeah. Mm. When you see the illusion, an illusion is like, oh, that was just a magic trick. You also see what it actually is, like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Right. So we use this example because everyone uses pens or whatever we call these things. Yeah. So when I pick this up and I say to people, what is this? Everyone says. It's a pen. It's a pen. If you don't say a pen, then something's weird. Yeah. Like you're alien. <laughs> yeah. And so we investigate the nature of this object, which is a cylinder with colors and shapes. Right. And if a puppy dog walks into the room and they experience this same object, what do they see? Chew toy. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, you've heard me say this before. Yeah. No, that's exactly the line that... I use the chew toy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Right. So, so is pen coming from this object towards every experiencer of this thing or chew toy is chew toy which is a valid experience of a puppy right that they can't help but salivate and want to play with it it's not like oh there is a pen let me chew on it they're not thinking that <laughs> they're looking at this and going stupid humans they're wasting a good chew toy you know and we're <laughs> like stupid dogs you're ruining a good pen yeah there's a misunderstanding there's an illusion that tricks us into thinking this is a particular way. But when we analyze it, it is a pen for you and for me. It is a chew toy for dogs, right? And probably other beings as well. 
So this is. I mean, the, I I chew on all my pens. Does that make <laughs> that me like a, a, a higher being? Yeah. <laughs> but but you see, you chew on your pens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let, let's. This is an emptiness exercise, and the the key to everything is seeds and emptiness. Seeds is another word for karma, which is another rabbit hole which we'll have to go to, which literally means the movement of the mind, and that's key. Karma isn't like some force outside of you. Karma is the movement of the mind and what follows. That's the technical definition. And by looking at this object, your mind moved. It's like pen, right? Or the dog's mind moved. It's like chew toy, right? So that's the karma, the seed of us experiencing this thing. But so far it's theory. We're sure that this really is a pen because I know it was made in a factory. Dogs are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) that's the quote i'm going with for this entire episode dogs are wrong (laughs) dogs are wrong yeah and 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 that i'm gonna go to the end before i go to the the middle that will cause conflict between us and dog and will hurt the dog because they're wrong and that's incorrect Mm. because we're we're working with an illusion that is not valid it's not true that this is only a pen. Yeah? yeah. Now let's find yeah. the penness in this thing. Get the get the dog, it's a chew toy. Let's get all the humans out of the room and just dogs in the room with this object sitting there. It's not a pen. It's only a chew toy. Let's mm-hmm. kick all the dogs out and let the humans in. It's only a pen. It can't be a chew toy at that time. This is vital. If you get this, you're unraveling your mind in a you're you're beginning to see wisdom kick out all the humans kick out all the dogs not a single being in the room what is this and all of a it's sudden like schrodinger's pen huh? it's like schrodinger's pen yeah or schrodinger's object you're it's... like ah, oh, mine should have a kind of brain fart that says mm-hmm. i can't say it's something but i can't say until a dog walks in or until a human walks in or until it, and, and this is the meaning of emptiness. This object is empty of the nature of penness. It's not radiating pen out, just like your my words weren't radiating Brett's upsetness. If it was, dogs must see pen too. It's not radiating chutoidness. Because otherwise, that's all we would say. Oh, I'm going to write with the chew toy. You didn't. You said, I'm going to chew on my pen. <laughs> you see? You, you follow? Yeah. Now, that yeah. is yep. the meaning of emptiness, which now gives us the first big Buddhist problem. Every mind that hears this for the first time, that this can't be coming to us, that it must be coming from us. Because as soon as dogs walk in, it's chew toy. As soon as humans, it's It's coming this way, not this way. We believe that then nothing matters at all. No dreams, everything's a dream. It doesn't exist. This this isn't real. And that's also bullshit. We're talking about this. If it's not real, let me draw on your face and see if you don't have ink on your face at the end. So there's something deeper, more profound going on. Those with the seeds that ripen as pen to an object are called humans. Those with the seed 
Those minds with a seed that can only see chew toy are called dogs. It's not that dogs see chew toys. It's that those that are forced to see chew toys are called dogs. And so that, that painting you have behind you, the Wheel of Life, describes six different sets of minds. Yeah, it's called the Bhava Chakra, the Wheel of Life or the Wheel of Becoming. It's talking about dependent origination, how things come about. How did pen come about? How did chew toy come about? Well, it didn't come this way. We killed that with the understanding of emptiness. It must have come this way. That's harder to accept. What put the seed in my mind to have the goodness to be able to use this object, not just to dribble on, but to write poetry, to write a love letter, mm. to make it meaningful. And if, and this is the study of karma, if the experience of the object is blissful, positive, virtuous, like love, joy, positive states of mind, you can understand that the mind has positive causes, positive seeds. Mm -hmm. If the nature of the experience is like this is a stabbing tool and this is terrible and it's hurting me, the seed that perceives that must be of a negative nature. And that's the collection of karmas that we have. We have both things. We have three, actually. Things that trouble us, that we blame the outside world for. Things that we love and we attach ourselves and want more of them. Also a mistake, but that's another story, right? And then a whole bunch of neutral stuff that we're not even paying attention to, right? So these are our minds projecting. It's just a wall behind me. It's not just a wall, you're living in a house. The experience of being able to have shelter is a virtue. How many people are currently without shelter? You know, and we take it for granted. Now, the important, that why I'm rambling about this dream thing and seeds and emptiness or karma and emptiness is without that understanding, lodging is just another doctrinal masturbation. Or really cool TikTok, uh, look at me, I'm so clever. Learn to see your things as a dream. Yeah. You, you're going to have exactly the same suffering as everyone else. You're just going to waste 10 years of this powerful potential, which is your mind, to be jonged, to be made pure, to actually understand the nature of the world we're navigating and the human condition. Now, can I push a little further on this topic and then I'll get to the lojong? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. If you got that, there's a bunch of po potentially now seeds, karmas, yeah, that are uncontrivedly, like you're not choosing to see pen and then chew toys. It's not up to you. It's happening to you. But it's still caused by your mind. Sometimes you will be upset when Hector says, Brett, you're stupid. And sometimes you're like, oh, that's that stupid dad joke again. And then you'll laugh. It's not the words. It's your mind, seeds. Yeah fountaining up realities yeah and those realities seem to come from the outside that's a dream yeah. the real cause is they are real for you just like chew toys are real for dogs but they are stemming from you if you get that you have five sense doors everything you see this is where the heart sutra comes in you know no eye no ear no nose no tongue no body and no forms or sounds or smells or tastes or touches or dharmas at all no realm of eyes until we come to no mind consciousness realm no ignorance no extinction of ignorance he's saying it's not the way you think through your eyes 
It's not coming at you. You're the projector of every experience you have visually. You're the projector of every experience you have audibly. You're the projector of every taste you've ever had. Bitter lemons don't make everybody puke. Some people love them. It's not in the lemon. Mm -hmm. So we are projecting entities, and this is getting trippy now, but we're we're projecting a world that intersects with other beings who project similar worlds. Except dogs, they're wrong. It's not true. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. And because we misperceive where things come from, we fight. The conflict Mm -hmm. in the world today comes from that misunderstanding believing the dream to be true. My view is better than yours. What I see is truth. What you see is not. Any conflict comes from that misunderstanding. And this is where the power of lojong comes in. To jong the lo, to to make pure the heart of a person with a human condition, means... To have this wisdom that unlocks reality for us, the way we just did with the pen. Oh my God, it is a dream. Now what the hell do I do? And then you can use the Lojong advices to say, what should I do? And all of them are developing your heart to see that we're all in the same boat. Dogs, humans, Ukrainians, Russians, every being in the human condition is overwhelmed by the projection of our reality and believing it to be coming from the outside in and we're helpless. And that's the mistake. That's what Buddha woke up to. It's like, you're not helpless. You're a machine. Like this this text called the Abhidharma Kosha 350 AD that describes Mm -hmm. karma, the movement of the mind and what follows. That's where the definition comes from. And they say, your mind can perceivably move it is moving or popping seeds out at 65 times a finger snap 65 distinct movements of mind happen every sing, single finger snap so we are having 65 seeds popping out of our reality of our mind of our low to create our experience of the world but before we go deeper into lojong i, I want to give you a flavor because like I said before, you got Vinaya texts in Buddhist practices, which I hate calling Buddhist practices. They are wake up as practices. Wake up. Mm-hmm. The world isn't what you think about and it's slippery to understand what it is we're dealing with. We're dealing with our internal experience of the external, which you can never reach separate to your internal. You can never see the pen from not your viewpoint. Yeah. You can you can imagine what the dog's viewpoint is, but you can't be the dog yet. Yeah? Unless we talk about future lives that we'll talk about. <laughs> is it is it possible not to cut you off, but is it possible to also kind of view emptiness from that same thing like I, the way that I've been learning about it is that emptiness is very hard to actually understand as a concept and the more that you like, oh, yeah, I, th- I think I get that. Like, the more likely it's not actually to be because we always perceive things as having some sort of inherent value. So isn't is it possible that emptiness could also kind of become a concept that we then apply as like a quality onto something? Is there a way? Yeah, how do we balance that relationship? Yeah, good question. Um, yes and no. That can be a cop-out. 
okay? It can be a cop-out to not really have a firm grasp on emptiness. You will have, you can have a firm grasp on emptiness on with the pen example. You've, you had a perception of the emptiness of a pen. You did. I did, right? Just explaining it. Oh, shit, it's not there. And emptiness is this feeling of what I thought was there isn't there, right? And there's more to talk about this. What isn't there is this thing called the gacha, the thing that you thought existed from that side, but it doesn't. So there's philosophy around it. And you can keep studying, and there's uh, volumes and volumes of study. But it really is that simple. Mm. You go looking for a nature of anything, and a pen is easy to point to because you know that people see dogs see it as true toys, right? And just even visually, there's nothing here suggesting pen. It's just colors and shapes. But our minds mm. quickly construct a reality. That's a positive reality. Emptiness is a negative it's an, uh, it's an absence of that reality in this thing, yeah? Mm -hmm. And we can get super philosophical, but it isn't hard. The, the Buddha said there's three, three realities. There's nungyur, which is the direct perception of things, like you will see the color blue, you will see a shape, that, like with your senses, you s experience a reality. That's nungyur, it's called obvious reality. Then there's kokyur, which is hidden reality, yeah, which is something you have to understand through a couple of logical jumps, which we just did with this. Yeah, and then there's mm -hmm. Shinto Kokya, which Shinto means very, very, yeah, very hidden. Shinto Kokya, and that's stuff that you can't even jump with enough logic and reasoning. You're gonna have to trust someone that that you have that trust with. Like when you go to a doctor, you don't know what the hell's going on with your gut. You go to a gut doctor, they know because they've seen 20 million guts and you trust the authority to be telling you the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then the mm -hmm. Buddha said there's three levels of reality, nungyur, kokyur, shin to kokyur. And get this. He said, emptiness is in the hidden reality, the one you can achieve through logic. You can perceive it. You can understand it. It's not that hard. It's only hard because there's so much misperception around it. Yeah. Karma, the movement of the mind, the models we form about that reality. Why did I see pen and a dog saw a chew toy? That's in the category of shin to kokyur. Mm. Very hidden. You're going to have to ask the Buddha what the hell that meant. Go to the doctor that, that says, oh, listen, the way frames work. So, for example, there's correlations between what we do with our body, speech and mind, our actions what seeds they plant, what karmas they plant in our consciousness, and how those karmas appear. For example, so that's infinitely more difficult to understand than emptiness. It doesn't mean that, it also doesn't mean that the first time you heard emptiness, you understand it. In fact, my experience after 25 years, I'm still unraveling emptiness. You get deeper and deeper and deeper. You, you think you hold an understanding. It takes like a year or two of practicing with that understanding. And then you're like, I didn't know anything at all. <laughs> and it should feel blissful. It should feel like, oh my goodness, I went deeper. I see more until I see what Buddha sees, until I fully wake up. But those aha moments of, shit, I didn't know anything. I thought it was this, the pen thing. And then all of a sudden, your question, for example, which was, is emptiness empty too? That's really what you were asking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
And the answer is yes, but that's a deep spiral internal experience that's so difficult to grasp. Because mm -hmm. when you understand what emptiness means, you can't talk emptiness without projections or seeds. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Emptiness is a negation of something. You've got to talk about that something that you're negating. Yeah. The pen is what we're negating as coming from this object. And when we look for the pen in this object, and all of a sudden the dogs are saying, you're wrong, we come up empty. Okay, we just had an emptiness realization. But it's not divorced from having understood how our projections experienced pen, how the mm -hmm. seeds created. So when it's like the two sides of the same coin. Karma and emptiness, karma and emptiness, karma and emptiness. You can't just go emptiness, emptiness. <laughs> it's always in relation to the dream state, to the illusion. The antidote, which is what it says, is unborn, is empty too. That's exactly that line. <laughs> it's like the antidote, which wow. is emptiness, yeah. is also empty. And you see, like, it, it could just be a one-liner. Yeah. But if you didn't know what it's saying, so what, what that line in the Lojong is saying is, oh, look at you, clever Lojonger, you think you got it. Let's go to line two. You're like, I'm applying the antidote that things are a dream, they're empty of our nature, and here's the application. What I do next in relation to the yelling boss or the aggression, what I do next with my mind body and speech will plant a seed in my mind to create the future reality in relation to that. So when I yell at you and say, Brett, you're stupid. If your mind says, no, F you, Hector, you're stupid. You just planted more people telling you that you're stupid in the future. Because you believe the illusion that I caused your upsetness. And Lojong texts are difficult because they're asking you, don't do that. Even if I call you stupid bread, you dumb, 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 you are so aware that this dreamlike experience must have come from something negative in my mind before, and I'm going to do everything possible not to create another negative imprint in my mind so I don't have to see stupid bearded guys telling me I'm stupid. <laughs> so I'm going to say, oh, thank you very much, Hector, goodbye, or... Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, Hector. I love you. And you're planting a positive seed in the face of a negative experience. That's the essence of all Lojongs. Mm. It's, it's real hard work. It's not easy. And then you think you're clever because you just applied emptiness and then you did a good action. And then the next line says, oh, yeah, that thing you just did, that's also empty. And you're like, oh. <laughs> what does Where that do mean? I put my hat? <laughs> And that means don't think that that action itself will always necessarily create the next moment to be the reality you expect. Have the mm -hmm. confidence that whatever seed you plant, whatever movement of mind you do, must have a consequence. Equally nature to the seed you planted. So if, if you're planting anger in your narratives in your mind all the time, everyone's an ass, everyone's stupid, you will be living in a world tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow where you must perceive the dream as calling you stupid and everyone thinking you're an ass. Yeah. 
And that's also in the heart sutra. It says where things are upside down. Because our natural reaction to being hurt is to hurt someone. And Lojong's like, don't do that because you're just creating more hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of brings me to one that I've been, that's probably hit me the most since I have started kind of studying these. And it's one that I could see people maybe misinterpreting as being maybe a little masochist or maybe a little passive or, um, and it's uh, essentially drive all blames into one. Essentially, whenever anything happens, it's just take the blame for it, even if uh, in a cause and effect way, like it wasn't necessarily like you weren't the aggressor or like if someone insulted you, you you take that and you don't recapitulate it and you kind of absorb everything. And that's kind of feels like the next logical step from what you're talking about, because you understand that your response is your response. It's not anything that they're doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is does that kind of follow you're, a sequential manner? Perfectly on point. Okay. If you don't understand that jonging your low, that developing your heart in a particular way, choosing your mind to to be trained to think and experience the world in a certain way that has this wisdom that hold on, things are my experience. What I do with my mind matters more than anything I do outside. Yeah because things are appearing this way, but they're a dream that way. They do exist, but they exist in relation to what I frame the world to be. So in the face of aggression, unless it's unsafe, internally at least, you have to develop the real purpose of Lojong, which is bodhicitta. And and I mean, Tibet was taken over by China in the 50s. I've never once heard the Dalai Lama say anything terrible of the Chinese people. Wow. And he's doing Lojong. Mm. I'm sure he's hurt. People have yeah. died. Yeah. But he's, he's regarded as the Osama bin Laden of, of, of China. Yeah. Yeah. And so, he, but he's not retaliating in the way we norm, we have been trained to do, which is the mistake that causes more suffering. Right? Mm -hmm. Because the more aggression we create, the more aggression we experience. Because Mm -hmm. it's in us. We just figured it out with the pen. It's in us. It's not out there. Is there trouble out there? Yeah. But not the seed of it, the conditions for it, which let those Mm -hmm. seeds within us pop up. If we don't have the seeds, we don't experience that. We will laugh at a bad joke. You know, if suffering, there are people currently in war zones who are not being bombed and some who are. And this is hard to hear, okay? But if the world is a projection, why them and not them? It's not to do with who decided where the bomb went, although that's how we think it is. That's the dream. It's got to do with the individual experience of that thing. And, and so it's a completely different way. But let me get to the last thing I want to say, if I can. Mm-hmm. There's, this, uh, there's this feeling on developing bodhicitta that is the, the outcome of all Lojong texts. Train your heart to see the world with this wisdom. And the logical implication is exactly what you said. Take it all on, on you because it is coming from you. But not because I said so, because you understand the logic. It's, it's a foundation of truth. There really isn't a pen forcing itself from this object out. There is a pen 
for those that have the seeds of pain. And we have to live in that thing, right? The two sides, karma and emptiness. Karma and emptiness, yeah? yeah? Everything is like that. Every person you meet. So do the work inside. That's the lojong work. What is coming up in your mind? That's why the disciplines of meditation are important because you need to develop focus to watch your mind do the crazy things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes someone says something upsetting to you and you don't get upset. But they tried and you're like, laughed it off a little bit. We're a little embarrassed. Why? It's not in the words. It's a dream that way. Did they mean to harm you? Yeah, you had a perception that they mean to harm you. But you weren't hooked. Why? Didn't have the seeds to be hooked. And so all of a sudden, all that work that we're busy doing out there begins to happen in here. And that's what that means. Take it all onto yourself. You know, I am responsible for my experience of the current situation. No one else. I am responsible for the current experience of this situation. I am not that experience, though. It's like clouds in the sky. If I'm having a terrible suffering, I guarantee you it will stop. Like clouds will come and go. I am the sky where clouds come and go. That is my mind. That is the thing I'm trying to purify. Yeah? And when you understand cause and effect or karma, cause and effect of the mind, and you come to its source, that's why the teachings of emptiness and karma are vital, you can begin to work at the real source of cause and effect, not at the sunshine and the dirt and the rain, the things that don't make plants. (laughs) You're working at the seed level. And then you can really get results. And there's this feeling with Lojong, which is very different to all the other Buddhist practices, this bodhisattva feeling. And the feeling, I'll, I'll describe the one of the first times it really happened to me uncontrivedly. Um, I'd been practicing maybe 10 years. Um, my dad uh, had an accident and I had to fly to Argentina and he was uh, almost passed out in a coma. He was very broken and could hardly, like he couldn't communicate. Um, And so I'm alone with my dad in some shitty part of Argentina, like metal beds from the 50s, peeling paint. But I'm in a room by myself, like cold, cold room. And there's my dad, big gash on his head. He looked horrible. And he was holding my hand. Thank God for the wake up as teachings. Because I know that I had to just get his mind, his, his low, to bring up to the surface all the seeds that are the most powerful because that's what was he was going to take on the next trip. So I just did that. I sat there for hours telling him the best things that uh, he had done in our lives, even though sometimes he was a crazy bastard, shitty dad. Like he was all those things too. But on that day, I had to help his mind find more than peace, joy, find joy, as I know he was going to go. And he went, yeah. And I sat with my dad's body for a little bit. The door locked in some some terrible little corner of Argentina. And um, I opened the door after it was time for me to walk out. And the world was doing the world thing. People are on their phones, laughing, walking up and down the hallways. And I had grief. I had like, oh, my heart was heavy. And my first thought, which is stunning, was this kind of compassion for all the happy people and all the nervous people and all the old ladies in the other beds. And I'm like, shit, you're going there too. And you don't know it. 
like you're just on TikTok or whatever. They weren't on TikTok because it was a long time ago. You're um, you're just like me, and you're just like my dad. And I had this sort of uncontrived love for everyone, even the angry lady screaming on the phone, and even the whingy old bat. You know, like I still saw the normal world, if you will. But my heart was like, ah, oh, we're, we're really in this thing together. And it's up to me to choose how I relate to each one of you. Because I want this peace of mind for all of you. I want you to know that this is what I just experienced is coming at a cinema near your projections. And I want you to be prepared. And so I had this kind of compassionate love and wish that all of us could... Um, Jong our low in a way that um, lets us be better with each other in the face of terribleness. And that's a real purpose of Lo Jong, um, to have developed. That's when you know your practice is uh, taking off. It's, it's got some effects. But I'd been studying it for a decade, you see, before I could have that uncontrived result from understanding that the dream needs to be engaged in a way that I would like the next dream to be the better dream. So love everyone, even contrivedly. That's what take on the responsibility. That's what all the texts mean. So you can have a real experience of walking into a room and even if the boss says you're stupid, you have a kind of compassion. Oh, what a dumb idiot, but I, I love him. I hope he's not such an ass to his family or something. Like There's a thousand different options yeah, you could yeah. think of rather than being upset. That's real logic. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. is really powerful, Hector. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's probably the best ribbon we could <clears throat> tie on this conversation. So I, I want to say thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and insight. Uh, we definitely went more into emptiness than I thought we would, which is interesting because it's just what I've been learning a lot the past couple of weeks going through the Heart Sutra. So just a lot of weird synchronicity in my life regarding that topic. And you really helped elucidate a lot. So yeah. thank, thank you. you. No, where, it's my pleasure. Where... I, I can talk about this nonstop. In fact, I do. That's all I do now. Yeah. <laughs> Even in, in organizations, I go in there. They call me for corporate consulting because I'm a change manager by profession. And I just get to this point. I'm like, the only way you're going to turn your organization is like behaving the way you'd like the world to be. Like Gandhi said, it would be the change you want to see in the world. That's it. That's the bottom line. Why? Because seeds work. Because they're yeah. empty. Yeah. yeah, it's a powerful realization. Well, where can people find you? Where can they uh, plug into your platform? How can they get involved? Because I'm sure some people are going to be uh, interested. Yeah, sure. So the best place to connect is go to threejewels.org. So Three Jewels is where I learned these things. We teach these things. There's a course on logic coming up. That's really strong. <laughs> right? But but there's also this, uh, we're a nonprofit. So we've been around 25 years. It's a, it's a Buddhist founded nonprofit. Our job is to train people in meditation, yoga, Buddhist philosophy, and the act of service. So we go to communities and places that don't normally come to yoga studios and we go to them, we train teachers and then they train those communities. We go to people that uh, are in transitional housing or homeless shelters, people 
because anyone with a mind can get wisdom. It doesn't cost anything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it costs to come to Three Jewels because we've got to pay rent, but our job as a nonprofit is that. So threejewels.org. And since we're on the topic, if you're interested to be part of the study at Three Jewels, there's online and in-person classes. The online classes, because we're a nonprofit, are free or by donation. But they're this kind of talk, like they're these courses. We go to the text, we get really nerdy about it, and then we do the bridge into real practical application in the workplace, at home, and the rest. Without that, we're just masturbating. Yeah? yeah. I'm not interested in that kind of Buddhism. Uh, mm -hmm. You can go to Colombia for that. You know, yeah. oh, I'm, I know things. The, there's knowing things and there's knowing things. And I, before this body expires, I'm committed to jonging this low. So whatever happens next has that quality and not this quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so come to threejewels.org. Or you could check me out on my Instagram or Three Jewels Instagram or TikTok. And I think I'm the wake upest or wake upest at, uh, at Instagram. Uh, I just encourage people to come and get involved. And there's lots of activity. We go to nonprofits, there's uh, volunteer work, we do special projects overseas. We're about to have this most amazing event called the Med Gala, the Med Gala, the Meditation Gala, right? Okay, yeah. The same week as the Met Gala, don't tell people, yeah? <laughs> uh, we're sort of trolling the Met Gala. Um, and we're gathering the clan of all wellness in New York and, uh, and in the U.S. and some abroad. And we're just throwing this massive, joyous party at the infinite potential of the human mind and how we can access that potential through meditation. So it's a gala. It's a red carpet event. It's fun. There's like really awesome musicians, which I can't disclose yet. Um, coming to play and you can see that at three jewels as well i hope that That's answered wonderful. it's not too much of a plug no that was just as much of a plug i'm also going to plug for you your youtube channel is uh pretty stocked with some really wonderful lectures as well so you know i encourage people if they uh enjoyed what you know you saw here you know you have your classes but also those videos are uh pretty uh hefty you know they, they got a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of meat to them so you know as somebody who likes nerding out I definitely suggest that. Yeah. Hector, thank you so much. Hopefully we will see you soon on the show and uh, keep on digging in. <laughs> thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for yeah. doing this good work. Of course. Yeah. All right. Be well, friend. Okay. All right, my friends, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way through till the end. This one was a really easy one to do. I'm sure I was really glued to the conversation as we were having it. It was kind of hard to stop talking, but you have to kind of do it sometimes. That was Hector Marcel. You can follow him over at The Wake Upist over on Instagram or his website, threejewels.org. He's got a bunch of online content. He's got a lot of cool YouTube videos as we talked about. If you want to support this show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star review, subscribe over on YouTube, like, follow Instagram, Facebook, respectively, and head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash 21st Century Vitalism, and get on board that early starter pack situation we have there, and keep an eye out for future updates. All right, y'all, we'll see you in a week. Bye.